Rock and Roll Bedtime Stories bonus episode. I'm Brian. Yeah, it's Murdoch. What's up? We like to drop these from time to time to talk about things that are happening in pop culture that might not fit the framework of the show. And uh, hey, I can't believe it. Danny Boyle's back, and now our drug addicts have guitars. I'm very excited. Were you a train spotting guy ever? You know, um, not really. Dude, I love I, train spotting. Like, so, But it was like I knew that I needed to do it for college. Like, like that was the non-required reading for like passing college as like a person as opposed to passing an actual course, right? Um, so I read it. And have you ever picked it up? Have you ever picked up the book? Yeah, I did. And and I did I did enjoy it. I didn't watch the movie as much as everybody else. And well, so the, the movie I adaptation, I remember good. thinking it's very good. Like compare like the book is great and the movie does the book justice, which doesn't happen a whole lot. But the thing about the book is the book's written all in like Cockney. So you have to like read it out loud to even understand what's right, happening at any moment. Right, 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 right. But, and, and so that was that was a that was definitely a, a a thing for me that made it more difficult. And I mean, in it, this case, yeah. and in this case, dude, it could be freaking B. Arthur. I don't give a damn who the hell's directing this. It's about the sex pistols. So that's <laughs> what I was much more excited yeah. about. Well, Every, but I, I don't think you can talk about pistol on FX and Hulu uh, or FX on Hulu or however they're referring to themselves now uh, without talking about the fact that this is done by Danny Boyle because it feels like Danny Boyle to me. Did you not, did you not get yeah. that? Yeah, it it um, it's it's unsettling in the narrative on how it flows from thing to thing to subject to subject, and 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 it is it it's and he does the thing with the cuff footage where like he'll reference people being upset in the next room, and then you'll just see stock footage of people being upset in a room, but it's not actual footage from that they filmed like it's cut sort of like a music video there's tons of nudity and profanity and all sorts of terrible stuff but like it's done so stylized that it's not even really all that scintillating like it's just very very danny boyle in my opinion yeah the and the thing is too for for me that i'm i and and i feel i feel a little like uh two-dimensional about the whole thing is that i was more excited about going into this about the story about it, this being about from Steve Jones's perspective about from the sex pistols, oh, about for sure. how this whole thing, how the whole thing is. And it was completely unexpected of what I, I had no, I wasn't expecting what, what I got. It, it, and, and by so that, do you mean the, do you mean the love story that they're trying to create with Chrissy Hind? No, no, no. I mean, not, I'm not, not even getting there. It's, it's about the sensitivity of Steve Jones the um the trauma you know, in like steve the, jones the, past the, the 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 terrible trauma in his childhood his insecurity as a musical artist like watching all these very painful things and you know eventually as when they trot out <laughs> out on the road or whatever it's like he's arguably the the, the most important person in the band because without that guitar player like the band is nothing they're not a punk rock band at all yeah without him and sometimes like you know it's there are great youtube videos everybody oh my gosh there's like the i think it's just this longhorn texas i don't know if it's dallas or houston or whatever and, and they were sent out malcolm mclaren booked them this terrible tour of america um 
And it's so amazing seeing them. And they're kind of terrible and brilliant at the same time. That's the thing. Yeah. Terrible and brilliant. I, I think know. it does a good job of capturing that aspect. I, too, was unprepared yeah. for the Steve Jones angle and, and really that was going to entail. Now, of course, if you don't know, this is based, this series is actually based on Steve Jones's autobiography called Lonely Boy that came out, I don't know, six, five, six, seven years ago. So it it is not going to give you a perspective that is balanced with each character. It's very much the Steve Jones story. It could be called that. Um, but right. that's not the story you're used to hearing about when you're a rock and roll guy. You usually hear about Sid and about Johnny Rotten slash John Lydon. Uh, and you hear about Michael McLaren, you don't really hear that much about Steve Jones. And so I think it's it's a refreshing and interesting take. But I think what I'm hearing you say is there should be a trigger warning because you were not ready for all the trauma you were going to have to endure. Um, yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. I would say that there should be a trigger warning for it, for, for sure. Um, I, but I will I will say that I was really excited about to hear his perspective and he he went out on his own like in the last you know 15 20 years as a dj in los angeles it was called jonesy's jukebox or whatever and he did like freeform interviews like you know it's it's freeform radio and and he was great he was did great interviews with people from all kinds of walks of life different i mean some people you would like embarrassingly like big hair metal guys but like thinkers and comedians and 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 really like interesting interviewer. Um, yeah, you turned me on to that. Sent me some clips, and I think I think what you send me, Bill Burr, and uh, it yeah. was it was great. I mean, it's just I his his energy is at this age now is very chill, and uh, it's an interesting thing to watch with someone as manic as Bill Burr. But I mean, I think you know to to go back to the show for a minute. I think some of these performances we're seeing are really something. And, you know, there's always going to be a little bit for, I feel bad for the guy who has to, has to be Johnny Rotten because it's a thankless job. His name is uh, Anson Boone. And I think he does a I think he does a good job, but you know, I've already seen a lot of stuff where people are like, well, I don't know if he really captures the energy of Johnny Rotten because the energy of Johnny Rotten was so important to what that band became. But I think the guy, Toby Wallace, young actor who they who they cast to play Steve and Steve's an EP on the show and so is Chrissy Hind. They both had oversight on this show. Um wow. I I think the Toby Wallace performance as Steve is I don't know how accurate it is, but I think it's beautiful. I think he does a really good job of capturing that vulnerability. Yeah, and I I'm just was so surprised because I I didn't know. I didn't know anything about his personal uh, perspective at all and i you know and, and once i really discovered the sex pistols it was the guitar sound that was the thing that drew me to that band like i you know i i guess the vocals to a certain extent but the guitar was really where it was at you know it just sounded different the great thing about the sex pistols is if you're listening to this and you've never listened to them you don't have that much homework to do you know, so often on this show, we mention someone, it's like, cool, if you want to know more about Dylan, there's 47 albums, right? But <laughs> Sex Pistols, there's just one. So if you're yeah. starting, if you want to just, if you're like, I'm going to become a Sex Pistols expert, uh, you can sort of do it. You can, you can listen to the music, and but there's all these side characters who come into the story who are really, 
almost as as big a part of the story as the band themselves. A couple of those who are very heavily featured in the show, again with some really good performances, are Malcolm McLaren and Vivian Westwood. Yeah, and the idea with Malcolm McLaren is for for me. Once I have to, <laughs> I, I don't know how you feel about this, Brian. Once I have to deal with the reality of him as an actual character, that's a real person. That's a real person that's involved in the story. And that's where all of a sudden I have to kind of deal with the idea that the sex pistols are like a little bit like the monkeys, but not really. Yeah. But sort yeah. of. And, 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 and that's, and that, and that is, and it's very clear, like that what I was just alluding to, it was like, you know, hey, man, you should go on YouTube and look at like Sex Pistols, Texas, 1978 and watch it. And you will be stunned, jaw dropped that they're playing in front of these freaking rednecks. And like people have to be like they could have been playing arenas and Malcolm McLaren booked them in these little bitty places, dude. And and and, and the thing and, and it's like and they were not good no and the remote the remote the ramones were immaculate i i think this i to your point i think this tv show makes them look like they were better than they were yeah yeah right, well it, it, so malcolm mclaren in the show is played by uh thomas brody sangster who if you watch queen's gambit last year you saw him as benny he was excellent um but because I like to see how many references of this movie I can make on episodes of this podcast. I know him as the small child who is Liam Neeson's kid in love. Actually, <laughs> he was like five. And so as Malcolm McLaren is running around actually. yelling at the sex pistols, all I can see is the poor kid who loses his mom in the opening scenes of love. Actually. And then they sing the Bay, the Bay city rollers at her funeral. Uh, but I mean, I think his performance is Malcolm. And if you look at pictures of Malcolm, they did a pretty good job. It's sort of like somebody was like, I bet, I bet that Thomas Brody Sangster kid could totally be Malcolm McLaren. Like he sort of has the manic energy and the sort of weird look and all that stuff. Did you, do you ever see the videos of um, the pistols when they did the reunion tour in 1996? So I was reading about this, and I was like, do I want to see that? I don't even know that I want to see that. This is my thing about everybody reuniting. If the freaking Pistols reunited with... And, and don't they bring back the bass player they got rid of for that tour? Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. Matlock or whatever his name is? Yeah, just yeah. ridiculous. It's abs- absolutely, absolutely worth the watch. Okay. The, okay. At, they're, at, it's it's you know it's like I think they have like the the thing that they have up on YouTube the most is the Brixton show or whatever and it's so it sounds great and it's shot really great, but the the, the audience energy is 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 like foaming at the mouth like people are losing their freaking minds and they sound they sound really good and and when you watch it you're like oh well Steve Jones is like in the pocket. Um, <laughs> You know, somebody had to be the rhythm playing the rhythm of the song, which was absent from when they actually were a popular band. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. What did you know about the Chrissy Hind relationship to the Sex Pistols? Um, it, it wasn't until like I, I learned about Sid and Nancy and then. I was so nerdy that I had a friend that lived across the street from the Chelsea hotel and I would like 
go and hang out because there was a Mexican restaurant next door and you could go and eat there. And, um, and so I learned about that and, and it wasn't until after that, that I even learned that Chrissy Hine was even part of this. She's part of this crew, which I had no idea. She's fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. We'll, we'll do Chrissy Hine episode at some point soon, but she, she's very determined to be a rock star. And you see that a little bit in this show, but she, she just had a plan from a small, since the time she was a small child to say, I'm going to map this out and I'll get there. And she had so many false starts before she met the pretenders. And she spent a lot of years hanging out in this sort of wider crew that included Malcolm McLaren and Vivian Westwood and the sex pistols. Now I believe that for the purposes of this show and to give it some, some plot structure, they have very much exaggerated the relationship between Steve and Chrissy. That's my understanding. Uh, Steve and Chrissy are again involved in the making of the show, so they have signed off on this maybe as a as a narrative. But I do not believe that most of what we're seeing as that relationship develops is actually true to life. Though, from what I hear, they remain to be friends. Yeah, and um, I can't believe that that's really a thing. <laughs> that was ever a well, thing. I will say here's here's one thing that comes up early in the show around Chrissy looking for a green card. And she, in the show, they use it, she asks Steve, my understanding of that story is that she does not actually bring Steve into the equation at all. That in real life that happened, but it happened with Johnny and Sid. Yeah. And, and they, she, it doesn't end up happening. They don't end up getting her the green card, but there is a whole marriage proposal and possibility of there being a green card marriage to one of those two, which is... Hilarious. Now, I will say another spoiler alert. Sid doesn't. Sid is in the frame, sort of, for for the entire series, but he doesn't really become part of the show until like episode four of six. So again, this is not the Sid Vicious story, though they have to touch on it because he's part of the band. It is the Steve Jones yeah. story. Even because it's a waste of time. You know, by the end of the U.S. tour with that last show they did in San Francisco. Where at the end, Johnny Rotten goes, do you ever feel like you've been cheated? Um, <laughs> Sid, Sid, Sid wasn't even plugged in for yeah. a lot of the show. Yeah. Well, it, it, they make no bones about this legend of the Sex Pistols that they just didn't really know how to play. And Sid didn't. Sid was a McLaren uh, and Johnny sort of. I mean, the way the show paints it is that he was Johnny's buddy and that McLaren wanted him in the band for for chaos appeal. Like, you know, they, they, they really revisit this thing heavily in the narrative of the show about how McLaren was not trying to make music. He was trying to make politics and he was, he yeah. was trying to make chaos. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you, and the thing is, is that, you know, when, when you go back to, you know, not, not to say like, who's the chicken or the egg or whatever, like the Ramones or the, the band, they showed up and came over to London and they played first. And that's, that's where the pistols and the clash and all these other bands like popped out of, of there. And, you know, the Ramones would not only were precise or whatever, it was cold and calculated. Like everything was the same and every show was the same. And, you know, it's like very, very different aesthetic versus the idea of, um, you know, watching a sex pistol show. Yeah. Yeah, you know, where people are throwing bottles at Sid Vicious's face. Right. You know? 
One other thing, uh, you know, and we're not getting into a whole lot of the specifics because we'll give you some time to watch the show. This is just sort of general reaction on on Pistol, and I think you'll see it influence some thoughts around where we go with future episodes and and maybe some additional bonus episodes about the show itself. But one of the things I wanted to point out that is a a completely, I mean, they have to they have to sort of take a detour to avoid bringing up Bernard Rhodes. So Bernard Rhodes is a big part of this story who was involved early and they basically for the purposes of the narrative collapse him and Malcolm McLaren into the same person. But Bernard Rhodes is there at the beginning of the pistols and then goes on to, to be the guy behind the clash. And so sort of an interesting thing to have just plucked out of the story altogether. He's just not in there. There's not a Bernard. I even looked at the cast list. The cast list is fun if you want to go look with a little bit of a spoiler to see the different rock and roll characters who will show up throughout the series because you'll be like, oh, Susie Sue, when's she coming, right? Like there's they've cast all these people to be these famous figures from from the 70s in, in British rock and roll and you get to sort of see what's what's on the on the way. It, it's interesting because the thing that you said is is the the initial criticism I heard of the show, which was, oh well, you know, it's the stuff is not accurate, and it's like, well, what are what are we writing for? You know, is this supposed to be one hundred percent accurate? Like, right. you know, you know, it's. Sure. I will say the parts where you think it couldn't be real are actually probably the parts that are real, and there is there is a TV appearance. That comes up, uh, I think it's in episode three, um, where they go on television on an on an evening program and curse their brains out. Uh, that, oh, and oh, the Bill the Bill Grundy program, the Grundy program. Yeah. They recreate that thing with startling precision. And if you do, if you just can't believe your eyes, then go on YouTube as soon as you watch that episode and watch the actual Grundy, and you'll see how well they <laughs> recreate this thing like i mean frame for frame recreate the thing it's 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 startling so just i mean that's sort of the rule of thumb if you're watching this and you're like there's no way that's true uh that part's probably true if there's a part that seems somewhat believable that maybe chrissy hine and steve jones were into each other that might be more fictionalized yeah maybe so all right i'm glad that we're both watching it yeah i mean dude rock and roll tv i can't get enough of it if i would love to hear what you think of the show it's we are the story guys at gmail.com uh and anything else uh we need to touch on murdoch what do people need to keep doing until next time keep telling stories